Red, good evening, or good morning, or good afternoon, depending on where you listen to the podcast today, tomorrow, or the day after. This is Open All Ours. We are a QPR podcast. We have three QPR fans with me. I am Paul Finney. I'm not important. We have Rahul, again, back on the pod. Good to see you, big man. Good to see you, too. Been back to the States recently? Uh, going this weekend for a wedding. Yeah? We, we're already off topic. It took us like 20 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> so where's, where's the wedding? Ithaca, New York. Oh, so it's New York. Yeah. You're not going like down south or No, but it's it's pretty country New York. That's nice. It's in the middle of nowhere. That's nice, isn't it? I went to New York once. It was when QPR played Millwall away. And um, I met me a QPR fan. Actually, it was a good crack. I enjoyed New York. I did like New York. Anyway, and then we have Tom Gibbs of The Telegraph spent with an H. Yes, very true. The Telegraph and Tom both with an H in them. I see. I just can't do them sort of word association jokes. Oh, sorry, I, don't, I don't mean to victimise you. No, you're all right. I'm victimised. Line of work. It's all about letters. I was victimised by God. <laughs> he, he got there first. So, you know. Anyway, welcome back. Thank it's you. It's been much. a long time. It's been a while. Yeah. 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 I, I think oh, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank might have been our manager last time I was on. I often like seeing Tom. Sorry, Bob. We'll get to you in a second. Uh, I often like seeing Tom away, Master, because he always pretends he doesn't know me. No, <laughs> come on. <laughs> it's like, right, Tom. It's like, it's like, it's like, you know, you sort of like go, Dave, Dave. So I can't see him. I've got, I've got terrible facial recognition skills. So if anyone's hair ever changes, I, I haven't got any hair. You sent. See, that's too. But no, it's like, it's like, it's like Partridge, Dave, Dave, Alan, whatever it was. Dan, Dan. Oh, see again. I just let myself down. Anyway, um, marvelous Mar- Marv from Pod from is on the podcast tonight from Twitter. And he's just done a heavy metal sign that nobody can see on Twitter or, <laughs> or on the podcast. Well, thanks for coming on and doing the heavy metal sign that no one can see. Why What's did you do a heavy metal sign? <laughs> What's up, QPR peeps? Marvellous Marv. Huh? <laughs> That's a new one on me, Ray. <laughs> awkward. That's not awkward. It's normally me they talk about subtitles. Um, do you know what, lads? We need to thank Rod Crawford for the beers. He's been a good lad. Thank you very much. You give us some beers. So thank you, Rob. And hopefully see it ranges for a beer face to face one day. Right, <laughs> it's 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 been a week. I went listen, I gotta tell you a story about Norwich first of all. Because I went to Norwich last week with my daughter and three of her friends. And it's very strange going to a away game with your daughter and three other girls. Not because it's girls really out there, but like, like he just reminded me of it. I had no idea what they were talking about. At any point during Because of the accent. No, because of the way they talk. I said, I said, oh, the, peeps. Oh, I said peeps. You're all right. But I couldn't understand <laughs> anything. And the way they talk and everything. And then get, get in the ground. And we had to run to the ground. And this is no word of a lie. They were there 10 minutes before me. Because I got the last park of space. It was a right rush. As usual, my drive was too slow. So like, and then I bumped into the, the Benwell brothers. Hello, if you're listening, by the way. And just without a breath, I couldn't speak for 20 minutes. And they're just sitting there singing, dancing, clapping. It's just, when you get old, it's not nice. Stay young, stay beautiful, don't get old, people. It's, it's just horrible. Old age is not good. Anyway, talk about Norwich, um, which I'll cover quickly. Decent enough first half. Second half, went to sleep. Got punished for two. First, second goal, we couldn't think about. Should have closed them down. Um, but, come on, two home wins, a draw, and one defeat. You'd bite someone's arm off for this, wouldn't you, really? I mean, what do you think, Rahul? Yeah, I thought it was a, a, a great outcome against Hull uh, in particular, especially some of the, the tactical changes by Holloway in the second half uh, to, to break down the, the kind of very defensive formation that Hull went into. I thought bringing on Smith was, was a pretty uh, solid choice because you'd see they, when they started the match, or at least the start of the second half, they kind of Hull shifted into a 5-4-1, and they were really kind of crowding the midfield and... Freeman and Luongo and Scowen weren't really getting the touches in the dangerous spots they needed to get the ball to. So they brought on Smith. It changed everything, allowed, uh, allowed uh, another, another option. They were able to start finally playing crosses with a bigger target as opposed to the smaller guys there. So really was a very, uh, very uh, astute change um, to bring on Smith. 
Do you think he started the game with five at the back, Rahul? Uh, I was having a disagreement with Clive Whittingham about this yesterday because every time friend I of the look, podcast, <laughs> <laughs> friend of all QPR fans, every time I look, the kick of the arse and the program. He's a wonderful man. He's a great man. Every time I looked at our formation from my seat, it looked like four four two to me. Did, yeah. you, did you see a change to that? At yeah, some they, point? it was I being silly. Yeah, no. At some point, I think in the second half they took off Campbell, and then they basically sorry had, QPR. Did we did we start five? Oh, uh, yeah. I'd say we were kind of. I would say we were kind of a, a three five two. That was right. that was the formation, or maybe you might say a three four one two with Freeman kind of being a little bit ahead of the two other midfielders. But yeah, I'd say it was like a. Like a three five two total football basically is what yeah I mean at the very end of the match it was like uh, I would say it was like we had like nine strikers on the pitch so maybe like a a one five five or something like that but <laughs> it didn't seem that to me I thought from where I sat and watched it I thought we actually played it really well in the second half we 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 we, we, we absolutely we held him we hit them on the break. We controlled midfield again. Scoring is just a great signing. I mean, mm. he, he's he's such a good ball player as well as attack. I mean, we, we were talking about this in the pub before. I know that we've been to the pub. People <laughs> that would be wrong before a podcast. We're professionals. I mean, Tom's been on fighting talk, don't you know? How many times have you been on fighting talk, Tom? Uh, I think it might be nine. And you've actually won it. I've won it twice. I beat Matt Smith in fighting talk once. Matt Smith and Richard Osman. People keep talking about Matt Smith. I wonder if he's going to be in the show tonight. Anyway, yeah, uh, Rich, the Fulham fan, did, you have any, yeah. did, he, did he say anything about Rangers? I got, a, I got in a two-footed tackle at the beginning on Richard Osman when they did Fighting Talk with him. So it was Matt Smith who was a Fulham player when he was on Fighting Talk. And I said, there's a Fulham player here and there's one Fulham fan here. It's like going to one of their away matches. Oh, <laughs> bosh. And did it go tumbleweed moment? <laughs> no, it was a similar reaction to yours, Paul. All right, because Colin Murray's got a soft spot for QPR. I don't know if you know this. It was, it was the Josh Whittaker era, but this was... You could have told me before I said that. <laughs> Josh, That's very hard to do, Paul. <laughs> well, I suppose so, because if you could read my mind, you'd be a friggin' genius. Because I don't even know what I'm thinking half the time. Anyway, well done on winning fighting talk. Thanks very much. I feel that we're, we're, you know, it's like radio royalty when you go on fighting talk. I mean, I don't even, I don't even <laughs> get in Channel 5 these days. But back to Josh Scowan. He is a marvellous player, isn't he? He's, very, he's, he's got a pass on him, which perhaps he didn't... Who does he remind you of? Well, I, when, he, when he said, I'm, what did he say when he joined us? Was it, I'm a terrier, I'm a wasp or little something? Rat. A little rat, that yeah, was it. Like that, yeah. that was it. So I expected a sort of Mark Bircham fella, like a little bit limited on the ball and, and just giving it to someone a bit more gifted next to him. But he was dropping deep and spraying it wide really beautifully, I thought, against Hull. And he didn't really put a foot wrong. And he, the, the, My worry with him is that he has made uh, Ryan Manning Second choice, and that, that's a. But I think there will come a time in the season where you want Scowan and Manning in your I, team, and you just have one more creative player in front of them. But I feel like he's definitely been the. Um, what can I say? The hard man we've been lacking. I think now, for example, I think one of the things that I think Carl Henry was lacking was kind of protecting that back four, or back three, whatever you want to call it. And obviously, was part of the reason why he kind of got slated because he wasn't. He had the hard man dominance. But I think Skolan has definitely has kind of showed that. Like, definitely, to be honest, he's really protected that back four, back four, whatever you want to call it. And I think it's definitely been a key sign. One of the things that I think that has really helped us is that it's probably the first time in a long time that we've not bought five or six new players. We've got a stable squad, which it's been kind of been a blessing for us, really. You know, all the players know each other, and you've got to give fair play. I know a lot of fans, even myself, are definitely eating humble pie at the moment. I, you know, we're playing really well. And I was not expecting that at all. I felt that Reading, a draw, I thought Sheffield Windsor would get battered, Norwich, we'd, obviously we did lose, but we weren't disgraceful. Mm. And I thought Hull City, look, Hull City were a premiership team last season. Yeah, they were missing a couple of key players. But we looked really decent. Before they scored, which was a stupid goal, which I don't know how that went in. Unlike us. Yeah, we really played well. And in a long... It's kind of like, I feel like we're... Well, basically, I thought these players are very good, very good footballers. I think we've got a very good potential team. And I think one thing I have to say we've been lacking with past managers, we've been lacking that fight. And I feel like Holloway's kind of brought that fight in them. Like, I haven't seen... When was the last time we've seen QPR come back like that? I think about the same time Jesus came up for a Friday year. <laughs> it's been a while. I mean, the thing, the thing is, I found... <laughs> <laughs> that was a bad thanks for laughing it's the first time you've ever laughed on these podcasts <laughs> that was your first, that was your first I've Jesus ever joke. said 
Apart from something stupid. Thank you for that. Well, buy your pen <laughs> afterwards. No, do you know what I think Joyce brings to the team? I'll tell you that. I mean, I might be wrong, but I've been watching him. All right, I know I'm, I'm half blind and not great. But his reading of the game mm. is his main yeah. weapon. He just, we haven't had that for so long. He knows he's, he's, he's working himself. He's going into spaces. He's finding players. He's doing the simple. When you have a player, like we used to have, um, for older listeners, we used to have um, Neil and, and, and indoors. They made being fullbacks look easy because yeah. they were so good. We didn't realise how good they were at the time, but they were excellent fullbacks because they did the simple things. And that's half the problem being a footballer. Like Paul Parker made defending look really easy, even though it's an art form. Um, and I really like what he does that way. But also, I just think, I mean, maybe you guys disagree with me, if we can just find a natural-born finisher, we could really push the season. Yeah, I mean, I think part of the issue with, with the last match uh, until we scored the goal and brought on Matt Smith was I think teams now can probably figure out how to stop Mackey and Washington up front, is, which is basically when you have those two guys up front, uh, the, the ball moves through up the pitch to the midfield. So if you just crowd the midfield, you prevent the ball from going up the pitch. Okay. That's why Smith helped, because you were able to finally play the long balls. He mm. was a nuisance. Also, if you have Mackey and Washington on the pitch together, uh, you can't really play crosses into the box because they're both pretty small. They're not really great aerially. Um, so I, I think Scowen and, and Freeman Didn't in Didn't one of them score a header against Reading? Yeah, that was yeah. a sitter, though. But the thing with, with Scowen and Freeman um, is that Scowen really, he makes a simple pass, but he really yeah. knows how to pick out the passes. And Freeman is just so good at kind of just buzzing into little tiny pieces of space. And the two of them, I mean, that was what was happening at, in the beginning of the second half when we were having difficulty breaking them down as we were playing a lot of intricate stuff, but there was just no final product. Mm. But the fact that we were doing that and passing so successfully kind of within the final third was a very promising sign. But we do need the finisher. Is, is the answer not a big man next to one of Washington or Mackey? Like Siller and Washington feels like a thing that could be happening, but potentially not against Cardiff, which, which might be cool for a slightly more defensive outlook, but... Possibly in the future. I don't see why you can't play Smith and Silla together. I wasn't. I wasn't convinced against Northampton. I wasn't convinced with those two up front. I think they're a little bit too similar. One on one game. I know. I know. It seems to bring out the worst in the team as well, doesn't it? Having those two targets. I I like the setup where having Mackie and Washington at the moment up front, and worst comes worst comes to worst, and we're struggling. Bring on Smith and Silla. But one of the things I'm not obviously just tending to the Josh Scadden show, but since he's come in, you have to say Luongo and Freeman. We're giving way more attacking yeah, yeah, threat. We look way more like yeah. we're going to score goals now. Like, Alonso always seemed like, I feel harsh, but kind of like sometimes supporting Carl Henry sometimes and mm-hmm. supporting the defence. But Luongo now is attacking, Freeman's attacking more. I just feel like we look more like we're going to score a goal now than we did last season. I've always feel with someone, I mean, I've, I've often been criticised on Twitter for many things, but one of them was not being a big fan of Carl Henry, and I'm not. Um, and that's because Carl Henry typifies the player we were signing on the way down mm-hmm. um, you know he'd been in the premiership for so long whereas Josh is, is, is a player on the way up which is, a, which is the complete opposite to what we should be saying which is what we have now I'll, I'll take that every day because Henry to be fair he might not have done many things wrong I didn't particularly think he brought that much to the football club um Similar to Joey Barton, in fact. Mm, definitely, I, think, yeah. I, I did like I, I did like it the old day on Twitter. I don't know if you saw this, you guys. Yeah. Joey, like, um, yeah, I've never played for money. In his book, oh, I only God. signed for QPR God. because of the money. God. Within three seconds, I was at, I saw the tweet come out and I was cutting down to when a QPR fan was going to get his. So well done to the QPR fan. Was fight, he yeah. also not betting on football matches for the money? Was, uh, I mean, Jesus. Jesus. I mean, he's, talk about he's just playing a number of elaborate psychological tricks on himself, isn't he, Joey Barton? Like, he's, he's convinced, really convinced himself that he is the person he thinks he is, but it's... It's not, it's not fooling us. In his head, he's probably the best player in the world. He still probably thinks that, really. Um, to be honest with you, I really wish we didn't buy yeah. him. At first, when he first came, I thought, oh, this could be a, a you know, decent signing, but you, f- you think about how much he got paid and what he offered. Yeah, I feel like, you know, wasn't really worth the money, was it, really? Do, do I often think about that era. I just think, if we'd have signed the players and the money, if Jesse tried that little bit extra, it might have gone so horribly wrong. But that's just a personal opinion. I'm not saying they weren't trying, but they weren't trying. Well, at that time, our wage bill was higher than Atletico Madrid and Borussia Dortmund. I used to hate that. Combined? Yeah, probably. (laughs) No, it was was terrible. And um, 
But, you know, I know, like, the, going back to the club and signing uh, potential, I feel like, you know, the scouting system, I know it's been slated a lot for the players not being good enough, but we've been signing potential. And there's certain players that, you know, I feel like getting better every year. And it's about giving the players a chance, man. Like, you know, obviously we've got the example of the Ben Gladwins, who I feel like was, you know, totally, his confidence totally went with, obviously, with the booing in the club. But we've got some really good potential players and we've got to egg them on and give them the confidence. All I ask for the fans really is the way how we were cheering them on social media after the game, oh, we've got this. This is the championship. We're going to go through some... We may go through a bad string of defeats this season. Let's just continue giving the players the confidence because we don't want to be slating them and stuff. It's just going to ruin their confidence. Build, got to build them up. And that's one thing we're lacking. You're totally right, Marvin. I think, I, I think what we saw with Luar Luar in the first half was disgraceful. Even before we knew what happened after the game when, when the club announced that his father had died the day before. Who do we think we are as fans that we can't weather a player having a bad half? Like He, he wasn't playing well. He had a disastrous 10 minutes. He was completely at fault for the first goal. But when did we get so big for our boots that we can't like weather that as a fan base? I think we're, we're, not, we're not a team that is immune to having slightly poor players playing for us and not playing very well. And that's, he was getting completely slated around me and he didn't hide when he came out for the second mm. half and all credit to him. No. I think, I think my, my issue with that is I think the money ruins us. You know, we're used to bringing 13, 14 players in every transfer window yeah. and people were just, sorry, or people who speak proper English window. Um, <laughs> they they bring, in, bring in the players in that we did, that we just, that, you know, that idiot from Chelsea and so on. We just yeah. banned them and, and passed repetitions and I guess we kind of spoiled it all. I mean, I remember, do you know what I remember it changing? I don't know if you guys remember it. When we played Chelsea in that um, cup match and everyone's getting their £20 notes and waving at Chelsea fans, oh. I'm like, this isn't the QPR no, that I know no. and love. This is a bit strange and very, very alien to me because I love the fact that we used to bring kids on. I love the fact that we used to scour the Welsh leagues, Irish leagues, Scottish leagues, whatever yeah. fine terms, develop or, you know... I mean, I love uh, Ben Aziz Scar when he came to QPR because it was mm. no one ever heard of him, but he was a great player. We never signed him. That's what I know. But it's just, I, I, I think we got spoiled by money and we're now living with the after effects of that. And maybe, maybe as we turn the club around, that will go. And we, like you said in the pub earlier on, which is brilliant, we can start to be loved again mm. because people stop loving QPR. When I was... Yeah. You know, years ago, we were quite a trendy little club. People mm-hmm. who love QPR, we were, we were inoffensive. Let's face it, we let everyone beat us. We'd sort of, but we had something special which no one else had. A plastic but, pitch. Don't <laughs> talk about that frigging pitch. <laughs> you know, people used to hate us over that pitch. People, Dave Kidgenton stopped supporting QPR because of the plastic pitch. What kind of dick does that? Seriously. You might not agree with some things in life, but... To go from QPR to Crystal Palace over a plastic pitch, I've got to question your sanity. <laughs> it's a it's a bit strange, isn't it? Don't you think? Yeah, is that definitely. just me? But yeah, no. I, and Phil Collins, don't stop being him. Carry on. Yeah, no, I, that that is. Uh, I I do agree. Going back to the initial point about oh about sorry the booing oh, and Dad about does. the booing yeah. and and kind of the attitude around the club. I mean, the other thing that people forget about Luwalua is that I mean. So I will preface my comment by saying I don't think that he was a signing that we should have made. We're mm-hmm. playing a 3-5-2. We don't really need kind of conventional wingers because we have wingbacks. Mm. And if you look at the position he was playing, he was playing as a right wingback and there are three components to that word. Right right wing and back and he's not a, he's not a, a, a fullback. He doesn't have the f- defensive ability. He doesn't have the work rate. And he's not a, right, a right-sided player either. I mean, he's more of a That's kind a of an point. inverted winger who mm-hmm. wants to come onto his right foot. Yeah. So you could see every time he was on on the the right hand side, he just was trying to cut onto his left hand left foot, but it wasn't working. So he's playing out of position as well. And players, I mean, the, the fact that fans were booing him so vigorously based off a few misplayed passes, you know, I just it was disappointing. I, I hope that the fans do the right thing, and maybe you know when he comes on the next time, he gets a standing ovation or whatever his number oh, is. Maybe will. people people he give will. him kind of clap at whatever his number is twenty five or. You know what, it's quite sad because the lad was always having problems against Norwich and obviously we, no one knew the situation with his father and he wanted to play to, to, to make his father proud. It's a hard one, isn't it? I mean, yeah. that must be so soul-destroying for the fella. I mean, and, you know, fans don't mean to be silly sometimes. None of us do, so, you know. Um, and I was feeling very sorry for him. I was gut-wrenched because I just think to myself, the, the courage... That fellow went, you know, you talk about your heroes, to, to go on that pitch on Saturday after your father died, 
just to make your father proud. The man's a hero. Like whatever happens to Nine in his KPR career, I will always clap him because that yeah, took, that that takes so much more courage than I could ever have. Yeah, definitely kind of shows what kind of a person he is, really, isn't he? And yeah, you know, yeah, definitely. But back to the point you were talking about, you know, our fans being spoiled. I think some of our fans do forget about the hard times and about the players we had. I remember getting Danny Shitu and getting excited. I remember having like players like Bertram, Gallen, Rowlands, Cook, Langley. You know, that was QPR for the love of you. But you don't even you know? need to go back. I mean, I'm older than you, Marv. Even yeah, yeah, you though, definitely even, are. Even though you look <laughs> older than I. Don't even um, try it. Don't even and, try and, it. And, and, and um, you know, you, you don't even go, <laughs> you, you got you, you had Clive Allen, you had Paul Goddard. Mm. You had um, all these players that came through, Phil Parks, all these things. You know, we had that great association with players. I mean, mm. you speak to Don Shanks about QPR. He loves QPR. He loves what we went through. He might not have been the greatest player in some people's eyes, but... When you, it was special playing for QPR, and, and I think that's kind of coming back a little bit. When I, it's us against the world, and that's yeah. where we've always been better. We're not good at being the favourites for anything, especially yeah. cup games. No. Not good at that. We're, we're rubbish at being favourites. It's nice to be the underdog, and we we excel in being the underdog. Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I, look before we speak to Matt Smith, which I promise we will do in a second. You know, I'm I'm a smug frigate when we do things right. You know, when we beat Man U 4-1 and, you know, in that day, I've I, you know, got to be honest with you, I did love going to work the next day. You know, just like, you know, I, I, I lived in Notting Hill, I worked in Notting Hill. There's probably more Man U fans, if you're being honest, in Notting Hill than there was Queen's Park Rangers supporters. But by God, we gave them buggers shit in the pubs for about three weeks after that game because the TV was like, they're difficult to win this, they can't do that. You know, their fans were giving us absolute dogs abuse. And I tell you what, it... It was brilliant. And that's what you live for. You don't live for the trophies. You live for the moments. Definitely. Do you know what I mean? You don't support QPR um, to win trophies every season. You but know? the moments are brilliant. I mean, well, I, without a doubt, definitely. I remember when Les Ferdinand scored that goal against Sheffield United, which you know is never really talked about. But I always remember, because it, to me it was the coming of age for Les, when he just ran down the whole pitch, took them all on, and muscled them all out of the way, and smashed it in. And you're like, shit! <laughs> that's great you know that's what you're supposed to do you know um, did, you have, did you have a similar feeling on Saturday when Idris Silva tapped it in from two yards after Connor Washington had inexplicably tried to lob the goalkeeper do you and, know, then, and then showed it for his sports bra it's yeah that was a bit weird that uh, yeah, that was what, what, weird what are them things that was I think they're weird good for your oh really no no, no 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 that's, that's too She's weird man that's not oh, good luck it's, it's, it's a tracker Our en- Neil the engineer who's a QPR fan who's also who's, He's from Cork. It's not a good look, though, man. Seriously. Cork's a nice place, by the way. Right, let's, let's enough of this nonsense and, and talking about sports bras of pre- uh, championship. And they say Premier League. And really this, by the way, is all an explanation as to why you can't understand 15-year-old girls. I think this is just a microcosm of... I don't. I make no apology <laughs> for it. I, she, oh, do you know what she made me do as well? She made me play Capital Extra all the way down there. What's wrong with the What's wrong with Capital Extra? All the hits. What's oh, wrong, Jesus. I was, I, was, I was just like, I was very close to needing therapy. I mean, <laughs> it was horrendous. I've never listened to such nonsense in all what? my life. You don't like Drake? What? <laughs> what's, what's, what's the problem with Stormzy, Paul? Huh? What's your problem with Stormzy? Skepta. Was that the Star Wars? Skepta. Right, let's get Matt Smith on the phone. <laughs> Matt, thank you so much for joining the podcast tonight. It's really kind of you to take some time out and talk to us fans. Um, well done Saturday. How did that feel? Yeah, brilliant. No, it was, um, you know, we, we put in a really good performance, I thought. And, um, you know, I thought we got what we deserved. Um, and it's just, yeah, really, really enjoyable game. I'm sure as, as much for the fans um, as it was for the players as well. So, Good bit of feel good factor going into um, what Tuesday, obviously, but also the big game at Cardiff. Ah, that's that's a massive game, isn't it? Now, yeah, you know, um, obviously they've started off really well. Um, you know, won, won, all, won all their games, so you know we got nothing to fear. We bring our game to them. You know, I think we're a match for anyone as we've shown. So um, it'll be a, an exciting game. Hey, Matt, it's Rahul here. Uh, I had a quick question about the um, about kind of the way you were deployed at the end of the match, particularly when uh, Holloway brought on both Silla, had used Silla and Washington on the pitch, three strikers with about 25 minutes left. Yeah. How exactly, I, I guess there seemed to be some confusion from the sideline as to what each person's responsibility was for, and we've seen Ollie bring on three strikers at the same time, but when all three of you are on the pitch at the same time, what exactly are each of your roles? 
Um, well, I think at that, at that stage in the game, you, you've, got, you've obviously got nothing to lose. And, um, you know, one thing I do really like about the manager, he, he never holds back. And if we're ever down, he'll chuck every attacking player he can onto the pitch to try and salvage a result. So at that stage in the game, it's just about um, getting bodies forward and, and, and getting, in, getting in the box. And, that, and that's what the manager echoed to both me and Silla was make sure you get yourself in the box and get on the end of things. And, and we were able to, which was, which was great. And on the defensive side, once we actually took the lead, what what do you guys do as a as a group of three when you have three strikers on the pitch? What was the what was conveyed to you guys? What were each of your roles? Well, obviously you got to get bodies behind the ball and um, you know try and make life as difficult for them as possible, and um, you know put your bodies on the line, which which I think we did, especially in the latter parts. Obviously, there was a bit of a goal mouse scramble, and just about being resilient really, and still being brave. You know, in, in I thought we still managed to keep our composure. It wasn't the case of just getting the ball away at all costs. We still managed to retain the ball a bit, which is good. Uh, always the case, you know, so it's easy to panic in those situations. But I think as a group, we, we, we held our composure and obviously the mentality of someone like James Perch to stay on when he's severely injured is um, is a testament to the sort of strength and, and the mentality of our, of our group. I think, um, you know, Perchie um, summed that up for us. And obviously, you know, Kaz with the, with the loss of his father as well to, to go out and put in the performance that he did, I think, you know, it's, it's a testament to the, the, the mental strength and the, that we have as a group. Hi, Matt. Tom here. How you doing? Hi, Tom. So how, the big topic in uh, QPR fan forums at the moment is the fact that we haven't really signed that many players this summer. How do players yeah. feel about that? Are you happy that your place isn't coming under extra threat or are you a little bit worried that the squad isn't improving? Yeah, it's a difficult one. That I think the obviously well-trained media answer is to say something along the lines of it brings a lot of competition for places and it's all healthy. But I think, you know, the, the selfishness in you does partly enjoy the fact, not enjoy the fact, um, but trying to get my words right here, but there is what you said, that element of, right, my player, my position isn't under direct threat by a new player coming in. But at the same time, you've, you've really got to obviously buck up your ideas and, and play as well as you can. Um, I think the, the signing, you know, obviously Josh Gowan was a, was a terrific signing, but is it, I'm, I'm assuming obviously it's quite a difficult market. If you look around the figures, you know, that are getting banded about for players now, especially even in the championship, obviously that, the knock-on effect of these ridiculous sums in the Premier League is obviously the, the value of these championship players goes up. So it, it's, it is extremely expensive to, to bring players in now. It's not a, not a, not a case of getting the these cut-price deals anymore. If you, I think if you look at the businesses in January getting Luke Freeman for 300 grand, I think it looks like an incredible piece of business. So I think the QPR aren't going to try and be priced out and they'll, they'll try and get value for money. Um, and... I know obviously the club's in good hands. Um, you know, we've got a, a fantastic owner who cares a lot about the club and, you know, um, fantastic people who, who are going to try and do their best to get the, the best value for money they can in the market. But I can only assume it's, it's an extremely difficult time because of the, the way <laughs> the prices are sky high at the moment. Mm-hmm. Fair to say, Matt, you've played under some quite big characters as managers. Who was more, shall we say, unique, Ian Holloway or Felix Magat at Fulham? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. Um, I mean, yeah, two very different characters. Um, no, I, I, I don't think you're going to come across a more animated character than in Holloway in world football. <laughs> I think um, yeah, he's going to be a hard one to push. But no, I, I absolutely love him. He's, he's, a, he's a really genuinely great guy. Um, you know, we're the, as a group of players, we're the first one to say he's like crackers, but you know, I like, he's got no filter and he just says exactly what is on his mind. Um, and that's what I think uh, fans appreciate that as well because often, as I said before, everything is just so scripted and media trained and very mundane answers all the time. But when you get someone like him who isn't afraid to speak exactly what the fans are probably thinking or the players are probably thinking, it's actually a real breath of fresh air. Mm. as opposed to getting these real generic answers that are just a bit grey and boring. Um, it's all about the three points. Them. Sorry? It's all about the three points. We're just <laughs> focusing on the next match. Yeah. He's as sick yeah. as a parrot. <laughs> but, um, no, he, he's a great man. Uh, you know, as for Phoenix McGat, I didn't get to work with him all that long because um, he was, yeah, it was probably he left maybe three weeks after I joined. But, again, 
very, very different kind of character. Um, and obviously, obviously, all the stuff that came out in the press probably showed him in a different light. But I, I was, you know, so he's a very respectful man. And um, yeah, I was only with him for a short period of time. But obviously, if you look at his career and the the, the, uh, the achievements and the accolades he's, he's received as a manager as well, you, you can't take them away. So to be, to be fair, the last time I saw. Sorry, Matt. The last time I saw Felix, I'm sure it was in one flew over the cuckoo's nest. <laughs> Hi, Matt. It's um, Marv. How you doing, mate? You're all right. How's it going? You okay? Yeah, good, mate. I'm still celebrating um, Saturday's um, win, really. <laughs> but um, um, regarding um, pre-season, um, obviously one of the things as a fan I've noticed is the team seems way more fitter, um, way more up for the games, and probably. Um, don't want to be too harsh, but probably in last season, really. And um, also, the team morale seems so high. What was pre-season like, and compared to obviously other pre-seasons you've had with other clubs? Um, I'd say similar. Like in terms, is, is, you know, the way football teams are run are much are much these days. I think you know we had our two trips away, which were really good and beneficial. The first one, particularly, was really really hard. Um, probably harder than than a lot that I've had. Um, we did this crazy hill run, like I think we went up there three or four times, and it was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do in pre-season. And he kept saying it was just a proper mental battle to get up it. Um, but that was really tough. Um, but in terms of like the the workload and the games, it, they're all hard. It's it's not like you've. I'm sure you might get away with a bit less running, but you know I'm sure the manager here is very used to sort of an old school way of of working, and you know getting the miles in the legs. So, yeah, there was, a, there was a lot more games, to be fair. I probably got a lot more match minutes than I've ever done in the pre-season pool, which is obviously beneficial and specific mm. to what's going to happen in the season. But hard, you know, double sessions, triple sessions. You know, at the two trips, plenty of hard opposition. So, yeah, it, it was tough, but nothing usually indifferent to, to what I've experienced before. Yeah, it's one of the things I've just noticed, obviously, our home games. I know we've only played um, three home games so far, but I just, it feels like there's this fight that I feel like we were lacking how oh, can I say the last two, three seasons really and um, what's been yeah. what can you say has been down to that really? Um, I'd say you know it's obviously the team spirit is second to none um, you know, I've been in many addressing room before and I can definitely vouch for that um, and as you, I think probably I do agree with what you alluded to before we are a very fit side I think even the, the testing that we've done um, this preseason, we the manager does this pyramid run test. It involves like a thousand yard shuttle run, essentially just back and forth, back and forth. You have to do it, and he says you have to do it in three minutes thirty, and that's what he would consider your like a, a target for fitness. And when we came back in, we had lads like breaking three minutes, which he'd never seen in all his clubs before. You know, he, he'd never seen. As a, as a collective which lads you've you got to tell us <laughs> I mean, is it I safe to say it, you weren't one of them or? <laughs> no I was a bit um, harsh <laughs> you don't know but, um, <laughs> but um, no I was the back but um, I think even Ned Abnur alluded to after day two he, he said this is comfortably the fittest group of lads I've ever seen in my career Matt now, I've always got this thing when people come on the podcast I always ask them have they any links to Northern Ireland um, anything at all? Have you been to the Jan's Causeway? Have you had an Ulster Fry? Why are you laughing? I'm looking for a new centre forward. I've, 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 no, I've played pre-season games there once. I think that's my only trip. Uh, so you, trip. You, 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 you don't want to go to Russia in the World Cup or anything? No, I've, uh, I've got no links, unfortunately. Do you, do you want me to pretend you're my brother? <laughs> We'll get away with it. I'm five foot four. Well, I'm, listen, there's no reason why you can't pass as my younger brother, even though I'm 40 really? years. Okay. Yeah. And I'll, all right, I'm trying. Now, 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 now is my serious question. Matt, in, in a, does it ever bother you when there's really bad headlines about footballers or footballers do things wrong? People go, what do you expect as a footballer? Because you're, you know, without patronising you, which again, probably people do, would say, oh, Matt, he's got a very good education. He's a proper footballer. Does it annoy you that people have such low opinions of footballers? Um, but to be fair, I, I don't really let those sort of opinions affect my mentality personally. Um, 
difficult, obviously, it's easy to make generalisations about footballers. Um, and in a lot of instances, I'm sure they don't help themselves. But, you know, I think I think it could happen to, you know, I don't think it's footballers, it's specifically, I think, obviously, if you, if you drop... I appreciate they have to be role models, and I think certainly in QPR, I don't think there's ever any issues with that. But in the wider regard, I don't know. It's just, I think it boils down to, to temptation. You know, if you give a, a young guy a, a pot of money, dead young, and give him all that temptation and that sort of like spotlight, I think, you know, it takes a certain type of mentality to, to rise above it and to keep a level head. And I think those that do tend to go to the top, and those that tend to fall by the wayside. And, if it happens, I think that's, that's human nature at the end of the day. But um, I think, certainly, personally speaking, I don't really let any of that stuff phase me or affect me. And, um, you know, people are always going to write about anything. So um, that is, um, I tend, tend to keep myself away from all that sort of stuff. Because I, I personally think you should win Tweet of the Year. You know, after, when you when you got the stitches in your, your face, you're like, oh, six more stitches. That's 30 in total. <laughs> like, that's got to be one of the best footballers' tweets ever, you know, because that's the side people don't see is, like, you know, you get bashed up in that field. It's, sometimes it's not so pretty, and you do put your head where other people put, wouldn't put their feet. So fair play to that one. But how, how many stitches do you reckon you've got all over there, do you reckon, now? I know how many. I've got 33. I've, I've always kept count. Um, yeah, I've got 23 in my eyebrows. Ooh. Four in my nose. Six of my cheek, as I did the Jeez. Um, so, yeah, that's the, uh, the game, but it's more for us today, I think. How many of the defenders got? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not as much, to be honest. I think I get, I get I'm the one who gets uh, difficult. That's, that's one thing I do, it does irritate me, is, is when refs look at you and look at your height and think that you should be able to handle anything, you know what I mean? You should be able to take, uh, you know, and less protection, but yeah, I always make I'm aware that the laws are definitely the same for me as it is for the small guy. <laughs> That's quite now. One thing I will touch on seriously, we, we we should talk about is the game for Grenfell, which is happening um, Saturday week. Um, an amazing thing our club is doing. We're so as a fan, I'm so proud that we're. It's sad we're having to do it. Um, it's but. It's just horrendous that whole, the whole thing, Matt. So you guys, honestly, the pride you're putting back in the club by getting involved and helping them people is unbelievable. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's a great thing. Um, you know, not just keep up, but also all the London club sort of football yeah, and community of coming together to put on such a, a an amazing event. If you look at all the, you know, the celebrities and the, the people of influence, you know, really coming together to promote this game, it's it's going to be a fantastic occasion for what was obviously a. A horrific and you know harrowing thing. Um, I don't think anyone wasn't tremendously shaken by what happened. Obviously, for, for the local as well, it's just yeah, it's just truly shocking. I, I could see the the incident from the house, so it, it's um, it's yeah, it, it's a, a tragic, tragic thing. But obviously, for what you know, keep, uh, and the wider community are doing to to help the cause and, you know, those that have been affected, you know, not directly affected, but the, the family and the friends is, is unbelievable. And as you said, like, it, it does genuinely bring a, a large element of pride to me and I know to my, to my teammates as well and to the club that, that, we're, that we're doing something like this. Fantastic. And, and it's, it's also a, a wee bit strange because if you actually look down Stafford Road, you can actually see the tomb. You know, it's, it's, it's just such... Yeah. It's, it's just so... You know, people talk about footballers. I, I mentioned it with yourself because you know, obviously, you know, you've 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 had the right school and everything else. People always you give players such a bad, bad, bad press and bad timing. But in things like this, you know, people don't lose where they come from. They don't lose a local area, and it's just it's it's so good that Rangers are doing this. And hopefully, as many fans can get done as possible. And another thing you did, by the way, last year, which you might not remember, I live in Barnet, right? Don't hold that against yeah. me. It's a nice place. Um, and you gave your shirt to a wee fella from Barnet last year who's disabled um, because Aaron, his, Aaron. yes, his brother tweeted you. Um, my daughter knows yeah. him, and you made people very, very, very happy, Matt. So thank you so much. No, no. It, th- that, no, that's. Fantastic. I mean, I hate the fact you guys always get a bad press, but that was a brilliant, 
wonderful gesture and that's what makes our club special that's why you know you've, you've got a yeah. fan for life there big man I can tell you and I keep saying big man by the way we all say that from Nornard we call everyone big man <laughs> nah, even if you're the nah, crankies you can call um, big man yeah I think those little things obviously do go do go unnoticed particularly footballers you know those those sort of instances I see you know a lot of the, uh, a lot you know all the clubs have been at you know the, the footballers uh, do a lot of charitable work and yeah you're right when you say a lot of that does go unnoticed and you know more um, eye-catching headlines tend to take you know, um, go to the fore. But you know, there's plenty of instances where players do that, and especially QPR. I think the the trust and the, the community there, second to none. It's something I've got quite heavily involved with since I've been here. I've done a lot of those, you know, um, things with the trust, and it, some of the stuff they're doing is absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, Andy Evans, who who heads that up, you know, he's a, he's a top bloke and he does a lot of amazing things for the community. So, you know, that Grenfell thing is just one of a few incredible things I've seen. So, um, you know, it, it, as you said, it's a, it, a great family club and um, it's great to be involved in as, as like an adopted West Londoner now. I've been here three years and I definitely feel at home here. Um, yeah, but you, 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 you're with a club with a proper West London postcode now, Mark. That's the difference. But you mentioned Andy. <laughs> Andy is actually, very boring fact, Andy used to live above me in my old Kansas oh, right. dude. And <laughs> this morning, Paul. Thanks, Tom. Just because you've won fighting talk, don't come in here and give it large, all right? Um, and he, is, he does a lot of brilliant work. He never gets any credit. He's very happy to say in the, the shadows, but Andy Evans is a true QPR legend in every sense of the way. The yeah. things he's done for the community, what they do with the older people, the younger people, the kids that go there for their homework. You know, we, we don't... We, my problem with Rangers is we don't big ourselves up en- enough in these things that we do. We are a brilliant community club, but very few people know it, and I, oh, I just wish we'd just promote that more. Yeah, absolutely. No, I agree. Now, listen, we're going to wrap the interview up quickly. Um, we're going to go around the table one more time. We're playing Cardiff on um, on Saturday. Can you do me a big favour? Can each one of you guys give Loa a big hug before the game? Because the courage that fella showed to play on Saturday was just amazing. And, um, Incredible. Yeah, I'm just... I, I couldn't do Matt I, I tell you I couldn't do what he did no I don't, I don't think many could I don't think many could at all you know we, we were made aware of it on the sort of the Friday morning and I think we were all at pretty chill now you know looking obviously you know natural obviously extremely natural we had a a different sort of um, body language but you know the way he carried himself that day, and the way he carried himself through the game, and it was incredible. Um, you know, testament to, to the guys at the top line. No, and um, seriously, whatever happens in Cardiff on Saturday, make sure the fella is the first person that walks towards the QPR fans because we will give him a hell of a reception. I promise you. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure. No, I'm sure. No. Uh, Matt, on the topic of, of of good press around footballers and, and being an atypical footballer. Uh, I'm from America, and I, I don't know if you know this, but I, no I, have, way. This, I have this theory that in <laughs> 2000... You cranky. Yeah. In, 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 I have a theory that in 2013, you were the most well-known League One striker in the U.S., mm-hmm. and it was because <laughs> of your performance against uh, Liverpool, and then the, 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 it was around the time when football wasn't very big in the U.S., and it was starting to trickle in, and we used to get FA Cup matches. So everyone yeah. watched your Liverpool match, and then the media ran with the story <laughs> about you being uh, having a degree and whatnot. So I won't ask you about about your degree or anything, but I am curious, excluding yourself, who are kind of the other particularly bright players on QPR? Who would you rank as Ooh, the uh, I can think of as, the, as the smart guys on the on the club? Mark Burcham. <laughs> <laughs> All the Bertrams are available. Yeah, let him know. I'll tell him tomorrow. Good morning. Um, no. Um, Nedham's going to be there, isn't he? Yeah, Nedham. Nedham's one of a kind. You won't meet many footballers like Nedham. He's uh, very, very articulate. He's very, um, yeah, he's a, he's, he's a, a one-of-a-kind type guy. You, you know, these type of professionals that, like, have a bit of an aura about them and a, and a presence and you wouldn't ever say anything untowards towards Nedham under any circumstance. He just has that that presence. You know, I had it at firm with Scott Parker. Um, there's a certain type of character, a certain type of player that just carries that respect without even 
you know, demanding it. It's just they are that special type of character, and, and they're definitely that. And yeah, he's very smart guy as well. Yeah, on the topic of, of intelligence, are there without causing too many problems in the dressing room? Are there any other are there any players that you want to single out as maybe being a little bit less bright? Yeah, Sean Goss for sure. <laughs> Gorm, gormless, yeah, very slow. Just yeah, he's 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 not the brightest tool in the box. You didn't even I, hesitate. I, I, I remind I remind him all the time. <laughs> so you you don't think he's got like a degree in anything, or no? No, no, definitely not. But I like the fact that you talked about earlier on about the referees, because I've noticed you talk to referees a hell of a lot, and now I know what you're saying to them. I think that's brilliant. You know, do the same rules apply to a defender as a forward? Because you do wonder sometimes, the refs, don't you? Yeah, well, obviously a lot of my game has revolved around contact with other players, so in a, invariably there's going to be a lot of fouls going either way, and yeah, I tend to make my opinion known as to how I feel about it, and just to make sure I get proper protection, really, especially when it, you know, balls are in the air. I'm not really looking to put the, def- I, I, you know, I have the confidence in myself that I'm going to win the ball soon more often than not. It's the defender that's doing something to try and prevent that happening. So it's, um, you know, make sure that the ref's aware that what he's doing isn't usually allowed. So uh, there's tend to be a lot of uh, bickering about that, really. Matt, if you were your own manager, how would you deploy Matt Smith? What sort of formation would you have a partner? What would the tactics be? Um, I, t- I tend to always work best with bodies around me. So, yeah, I definitely play with a partner. You know, Connor's a great foil for me in terms of what he offers the team. Um, and then, yeah, someone like a Luke Freeman, I played very well with Austin Cormac. Those people that can put balls into the box, you know, top quality delivery, I think, if I've got that and I've got someone alongside me, I think that's... Um, you know, stands me in good stead, and I've always tended to, to score my goals in, in teams that operate that way. Uh, Matt, sorry, it's Marv again. Um, just to, um, how good is this squad? Obviously, you've played with different teams um, throughout your career. Um, me personally, I feel like this team is a very good team, and um, just I felt kind of lack confidence last season. How you know? How do you? How good is this team? Um, how do I view the squad? Did you say? Yes. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, um, you know, it's largely the same group, but obviously the manager's had a pre-season to sort of implement his ideas, which has massively helped. You know, last season, it was weird because after the January, we started off so brightly and we had a really good start. I think we were top in the form, guys, for a while. Um, and then it's just that last, after that last international break, things went a bit uh, peak song, which which is obviously very annoying and frustrating as a, as a group. But I think at that stage, it was difficult to, because the, the season was sort of frittering away and when you when you don't have anything to play for, and it, it becomes a bit, it becomes very difficult. As much as as a group players, you want to turn in good performance every week. Now we've got a sort of a fresh slate, and we've got to focus on where we want to go. Hopefully, we can um, we can we can drive on because, as I said before, you know we've you had time to work on things, and fitness is good, and the team spirit is good. So no, it's it's, it's looking positive. Yeah, definitely, I definitely see um, the team way more confident than it was last season, which is always a uh, Good sign for as a fan like myself, really. But just keep doing what you're doing and please win on Tuesday and definitely three points on Saturday. And yeah, may it continue. Yeah. And an FA Cup run and a promotion and six numbers yeah. in lottery. <laughs> Fantastic. Sounds good to me. Matt, seriously, thank you so much for coming on our podcast. No and um, it's been great to talk to you. But um, seriously, give our best to um, Luan and, and hopefully he'll be. Will do. You know, you'll understand that a lot of fans didn't realise the situation and some people may think their actions weren't that class on Saturday, but we're all behind the big man. We're all behind you. And tomorrow night, hopefully you'll be playing. Uh, sink a few plus Brentford, put them back in their place. And um, yep. go to Cardiff and remind Neil that he should never have left QPR in the first place. Nothing major to happen there, <laughs> big man. Um, but seriously, thank you Brilliant. for spending the evening with us and um, good luck Saturday, no fella. Way. Yep, thanks, man. And, um, thanks, see you, if you need to play for Northern Ireland, give us a shout, yeah? <laughs> Sounds good. Well, seems like he's never had an Ulster fry then. Oh well, <laughs> not to worry. On to the next one. Um, wow, okay, good interview. Nice fella. fella. Nice guy. Yeah, I mean, we're getting this a lot this season. Everyone that's been in the podcast thus far has been brilliant, has been very open, very honest. Maybe a little bit too honest in what he said about some people like Sean Goss. I don't think we're looking forward to even training tomorrow. Um, <laughs> but yeah, what a breath of fresh air on the community side of it. Uh, 
these sort of things put you in a good spare, don't you? They, you kind of think football's a kind of a sad issue sometimes. It's about the club. I don't know what you guys think, but I, I'm proud of our club at the moment, and that's coming from me, and I'm one of the biggest criticisers of, of QPR at times. No, definitely, as a local lad myself, it was um, definitely a proud moment, especially going to the ground and see, obviously, due to the Grimful Tower, um, what happened to that, obviously, to that state, and how the club responded. It was, I've never, you know, it definitely uh, melted my heart, definitely, you know, seeing how the club responded, really, and I'm going to be proud to be a QPR fan. Well, I live around right the corner from there. I used to live in the Brunel Estate, which you can see from there. And just, it could have been any, any of us. That's a horrible thing to say. It's a hard it, it could have been. Uh, we, 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 you know, it's, you know, I don't want to get political, but then people didn't deserve that. No, definitely. No not. one does. And I don't care where they came from. I don't care if they were legal. I don't care if they were illegal. No one deserves that. Exactly. And I think also people need to think about, you know, <laughs> What if that was your family? Exactly. That's the thing, you know. You know, you know, you know. Can't speak for everyone, but you know, we'll probably live in comfortable lives. But that could have been our family member. I had a close friend of mine. Sorry, I don't, don't mean to air his business, but I had a close, a very, very close friend of mine, and he lost his family, family members up there. And yes, he was born in this country. Yeah, maybe he's from Morocco ascendant, but he was born in this country. His parents, when his family members were not illegal, and his family lost his family members. So please think about that before, you know, tweeting on Twitter about um, these people are illegal. Just think about these are human beings. I think that's one thing we do forget. I'm sorry to go for a rant, but... No, you're all right. I mean, you know, my sister teaches kids from around there, and people don't realise this, but a lot of the kids the next day went to take their exams and turned up absolutely distraught. Um, the... The way they do it, they measure you during the year to how you take your exam. The percentage drop in them kids that day was incredible. And they, a lot of them, I think, should be allowed to take their exams again. Because you tell me how the hell you can take an exam after seeing that. And it's just... But anyway, we're getting a bit too yeah. heavy. But it is our look. It is local. That's the thing. It is part of our culture. It is part of our community. And I'm so so proud that the club have done this. I wish we didn't have to do it. I really wish to God I didn't go past that building and see it. I, I, I seen it and it was it was horrible. I just it's just one of the worst things I've ever seen. And I grew up in the troubles and we've seen some bad things, but that is definitely one of the worst things I've ever seen. But local lads like Kevin, Les, Andy MP they can speak about it as well. They were, and they're hopefully going to be playing next week. And we'll get as many fans down there as possible. Yeah. Get a good, good carnival atmosphere going. Keep it going, lads. And, and you know, remember that this is this this club is more than just a football club. And thank God for that because I don't want to sit there with a remote control on TV. QPR is your soul, and that's part of our community. Raid R's end. Sorry about that, people. I've got very dark and very sombre, but I just. I lived Rondo, I grew up Rondo, even though I haven't got the accent, and it hurts. Um, last week, again, God, I'm being sombre again, Norwich, I've seen one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen in a football match in my life with my daughter and her friends. I've seen a QPR disabled fan abused by Norwich supporters. A few. I tell you what, I'm so proud of the Norwich fans who, who dealt with it got the stewards involved and got the people ejected from the ground and banned for life. So much respect for that. I know the person involved. He's a, he's home and away. He's proper QPR. No one, no one should ever do that to a disabled fan. I don't care if you're a QPR fan or anyone. There for the grace of God go I. But Richard, seriously fella, you dealt with it brilliantly and you held your dignity. Sad that some people don't have any dignity. Second um, hour's end... I do normally three. Um, <laughs> Three's part. Ours ends, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't understand what that Does meant. Does that mean one of us gets to do one? You can do as many as you want. I don't I care. Fraser's going to phone you tomorrow. I'll tell you what, you do your ours end and I'll come back with what I was going to say. Carry on, Rahul. Go on. Um, yeah, I, I no guess, one's listening now. Yeah, I, I guess I'll do more than one R's end. But the first one I'll say is I, I really enjoyed the Clint Hill interview last week and I also just wanted to point out for, for a very tough, hard man. He has a very uh, endearing laugh. I just thought his laugh was so adorable. So I'm just going to put that out there. The Please to say that. <laughs> just, I'm just going to put that out there. But the other thing is, um, I guess I'll just maybe phrase this as a question, but what do 
Yenny, uh, Jack Robinson, Petrasso, Sean Goss, Grant Hall, Jordan Cousins, and Stephen Cocker all have in common? Does anyone know? So these are all all senior pros who didn't even make the reserve. Some of them are injured, but that's that's seven or eight pretty solid players who aren't even making the team, let alone not getting on as subs. And then behind them we have Chair, Easy, Shodipo, Hamalainen. So I keep on hearing a lot about players wanting to get brought in. Some, Kakai? Kakai, yes. Yeah, yeah. So many players that we, there's so much discussion about signing more and more players. And you know, from my perspective, I think someone like Easy is is as a, a player or Chair as a player. But then I'm you have guys like you have guys like Petrasso ahead of him. So I think the club really needs to think about what we're going to do with these young players because if if you have a guy like Chair or Easy or or Hamalainen and they're not going to get a chance to play, just send them out and loan. They I, we need to start seeing more of these players going out and loan because they're not going to improve in the under twenty threes. And sitting on in the reserves is they're going to lose their confidence. They're going to lose their motivation. So these players need to be moved to continue advancing their careers. Miles End is... Uh, You're on fighting talk. <laughs> Stop it, Paul. Uh, it's about Brighton and Hove Albion, who I've been watching a little bit in the Premier League. I did a wedding last year. night for a Brighton fan. Carry on. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. Uh, they give me horrible flashbacks, Brighton. They've got this Go 36-year-old fla- uh, fullback, Bruno, who uh, is, you know, for Bruno, club legend, been there for years, uh, and just getting roasted. Uh-huh. Reminds me a little bit of Clint Hill, unfortunately. Do you remember that Liverpool game when Suarez Ooh. just absolutely destroyed him in about two minutes? It's horrible watching Brighton. They're not quite good enough, and they're trying to hang in games, but they're just they, they're nowhere near, mm-hmm. and it really reminds me of watching QPR in the Premier League. And you know what? I'm glad we're not in the Premier League. I'm much, much happier watching us in the Championship. I missed the Premiership. Are you? I missed the Premiership. You missed the Premier. It's not been the no, Premiership since 2007. No, no. Oh, but I don't miss us losing. I don't miss us losing every week. But yeah, I'd love to be back in the Premiership. Why? Because it's the Premiership. Nice place to visit, but I wouldn't want to live there. No, oh. <laughs> no, I do miss it. No, I'm oh, really. No, but per- but personally, I don't think we're ready for the Premiership. I think we need to some stability no, in the go Championship. Back a bit, go back a bit. What do you miss about the half and half scarves? Oh, no, 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 I don't bollocks. miss that. It's written about your football club by people who don't understand it. It's the fact that we get a chance to play Chelsea twice a season, get to play Arsenal, and just to upset those teams. Oh, man, I do miss it. Yeah. I don't miss that team we had in the Premiership, but if we, in the future, if we continue this attitude, this stability of bringing youth players in, this nice young QPR, and this team goes to the Premiership, maybe next season or in a couple of seasons or three seasons. I feel like this team will show a bit more. Look at how look at Huddersfield. Last season before, they almost got relegated. Now, look at them now. Undefeated in the Premiership. So, so Tom, just to clarify, if we come in second, would you want QPR to just be like, no, we're good. We'll no, just stay I'll here. Tell, I'll take it. So you know, what are you talking about it's, then? It's, no, I, I, I believe, Rahul, it's what you would call a vacation <laughs> in the Premier League. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's just... We can have a, like, it's, it's tough, isn't it? I, I think it's an interesting point about Huddersfield. They look brilliant, but Blackpool look brilliant at this stage when they were in the yeah. Premier League and they went down at the end of it. It does catch up with you. There's that horrible weight of the fact that there's six or seven teams who are just on a completely different level to everyone else. We got we had a brilliant season when we stayed up the first time under yeah. Warner and Hughes. And we, we bloodied a few noses. But largely, there's, you just get so horribly punished for every mistake. No, not definitely. If you look at that whole game, they had about three chances to bury us in that game and Smithy yeah. saved us and their poor finishing saved us and that to me is more fun than like just being no, absolutely disgraced every do, week do, do you know what I, I hate about the Premiership more than anything Premier League come on <laughs> Premier League. it's hey. not been the Premiership for so long it does my head in alright Jesus <laughs> who can like stamps I know I just I have to read I have to read a lot of people's you, words you, and correct them in my job and like Premiership we could, the, we, we could be here a long time with me big man a long time <laughs> um <laughs> Out of, out of interest, do you, do, do you know train numbers and things? No, my dad's my dad's more into that. I've got that in my later life. I think. Excellent. Yeah. Anyway, what I find about not being part of the Premier League, thank you, thank you, and all that nonsense is you haven't got the whole horribleness of everything scrutinised and the whole papers care about you and the media care about you and you're on the back page for this. You go to the Championship, you might as well go to Mars <laughs> or live like. Way, way, like, I don't know, no offence to Matt Winter and else lives in Isle of Wight, but being in the Championship <laughs> is equivalent of living in the Isle of Man or the Isle of Wight. You're there and you get a little bit of attention on again, but no one really cares in some respects in the big centre of England and all of the UK but and I, Northern Ireland. But I do feel like before we can make that jump in the Premier League... Thank you so much. Yeah, um, 
we need to sort our training ground. We need exactly. To, we, need, we need to go back to base. Instead of buying players and spending 60 grand a week on, you know, know it all and on, on the Twitter, like Barton and those kind of players, let's just sort out the training ground, sort out the stadium. Let's get the the things done right properly first. Get the, the, the foundations correctly for Queen's Park Rangers. And then, yeah, and then we can think about other things. But we really do need to focus on the main, the main foundation of the club. The thing about it is, look, listen, we're gonna, we're either gonna have to really edit this podcast, or it's gonna be. Oh, that reminds me, Saturday. What? Hull fans, more than about the extra time. Their goalkeeper, and I'm not joking you, was reading War and Peace twice during goal kicks, and then the wee shades of morning on Twitter that it was like six, seven minutes. It's like, oh, that was no, it wasn't your keeper was fucking reading War and Peace during a football match. That's ah, oh. anyway, and it made it more interesting. But I, I, I that, that's my also ours end of I don't like the fact that whole fans can't actually see what's in front of them, which was their keeper cheating. A fair you, play for the whole fans that came there having a horrible time there at the moment. Oh, listen, you feel sorry for them. As, as listen, joking aside, as a club, no one should go through what they're going through. To um, you mentioned Blackpool, Hull are on a very, very similar road to work. Look at Blackburn. Well, Blackpool's more the worry. Blackpool, oh yeah, true. Look, yeah. You know, Blackpool are, are facing oblivion if they're not careful. Mm. So could I, anyway. My other hours, I've got one more hours end. Well, I've got two. Yeah, I'll go back to you, Marvin, in a second. Don't worry. No one's forgotten about you. You're all right. You're hard to forget about. Um, and and that is that um, Anthony Ryan, please hurry up and get well soon, fella. We're all rooting for you. And my very last hours end of the show, for me, not for you, Marv, because you're after me, is if we can get that support like we had for the last 10 minutes on Saturday for every game, no bastard's going to bid us at Loftus Road this season. I can tell you guys, well friggin' done. Amazing atmosphere at the end. Thanks, Paul. You just stole my one. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> yeah, you really did. You really did. Seriously, I'm not happy right now. No, honestly, but back to that point, let's get behind the players, man. Look, we know how good they are because, you know, the results lately have shown it. Just let's continue getting behind them. Even when we're going through our, our bad patches, continue supporting the players. Let's continue boosting their confidence up. Because we've got a very good, good group of good, good, good group of players, and let's just continue just motivating them. And who knows, we may have a real exciting season ahead of us. Real exciting is avoiding relegation, mid-table, and building from that. This podcast is dedicated to the memory of Lavalois' father. May yep. he rest in peace. Rest in peace, bro. Predictions time, guys. Tom. Yes. We've got Brentford. Yes. Is it local derby? We'll do we'll Brentford. Even though it's Middlesex? All right. Nothing to me. Predict, come on, man. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do them 2-1. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Uh, scores? Uh, Matt Smith. Cool. And Yeni Imbukoto. Okay. I like that. Marv? I'll say 2-1. We win 2-1. Okay. Going back to Tom, Cardiff. We're going to lose to Cardiff, I'm afraid. I think Neil Warnock's going to do us 2 I have, I'm afraid. Oh, really? Yeah. I think Warnock's good, isn't he? The the signings there have been solid. They've they've had an excellent start to the season. I think we're all right this year. I'm just not sure we're sort of getting a brilliant result away at one of the teams who's looked best so far. Fair enough, Marv. I'm trying to be positive. Obviously, Cardiff are a great side. But if we beat Cardiff... Oh, I am going to get excited on Twitter on Saturday evening. I will turn into the number one happy clapper. But my... That rule's taken. Yeah. Oh, without win, but we know that. But my... um, Honestly, I reckon reckon we'll lose. um, Probably 2-1. But if we get a draw, I'll be happy. Because Cardiff are a very good team. But one thing I did notice last season, when we do play a bit of long ball with Matt Smith up front, they did struggle against us. So maybe stick to their... Long ball tactics for this time, for this time on Saturday, and we may win. Yeah. These two bastards aren't coming back in the podcast. They <laughs> so, Rahul, no pressure. Whether you want to be the podcast or not. Yeah. Uh, what's uh, your prediction? Brentford, I think we'll win. I, I also want to see at least one or two of the young kids, but I think we'll win. Uh, and then Cardiff, uh, screw it. I think we'll win as well. Why yes, not? we're going to win. <laughs> By Does three goals. Anyone want to hear my three predictions on each game? No. <laughs> um, right. Brentford, I think, will absolutely destroy them because 
put them out of business. <laughs> Anyone notice they changed their badge sneakily in the summer? Yeah. Last summer. Yeah, they, they, they kind of looked across between like Wars and Barnet. <laughs> I'm not really getting it. I'm not feeling it. I mean, all right. Anyway, so hopefully we'll, we'll do them. I, I see the reason why not. They're having a horrible season. They're oh. going to play the reserve team. I'm loving it. So it's going to, uh, I actually shouldn't say that. Um, <laughs> Cardiff, I'm kind of thinking, do you know what? I'm thinking 1 0. I am thinking we, we, we can do this 1 0. And we beat them last season. Uh, do you know why we're going to beat them 1 0? Why? Because we can. <laughs> and that, everyone, is open all ours. Thank you for listening.